Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, and it's Monday. You know what we do on Monday. We bring in James McCool. Mondays with McCool. James McCool, the co-author with me on the theory of daily fantasy sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass that you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. I see you guys in the YouTube chat. Not not as busy this morning. People hung over, I guess, from yesterday's uh, awful NFL slate. Uh, Awful, awful football product. Uh, It got Hog Lawrence in there, Pug Daddy, Rob F., Mark's Mimic, Quinn Williams, Card fan, how you doing? Hit the thumbs up button as usual. Family thumbs, subscribe, subscribes, hit the bell, hit anything. Hit just hit, hit your screen, knock yourselves out. Uh, James, uh, I'm surprised I didn't lo- lose as much money as I thought I would yesterday with uh, the games that I primarily played. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a losing, it was a losing slate, but not, not that bad. My overall weekend was break even between soccer, MMA, and NFL. I like, I like broke even the entire, like, it's like, I just, I, I could have not played anything and I ended up with the same amount of money. Uh, I don't know, but I don't know what you did yesterday, but my main focus was on the late games and uh, it was like, I, I have PMR. So, you know, like I, maybe, I mean, I knew going into the, into the, into the 4 PM games that I was dead to win because, you know, when you don't have any Jonathan Taylor, uh, just like okay, I just hope uh, hope I let's see if I can make some money. I got I got I got Patrick Mahomes. I got Dak Prescott. I got Derek Carr. Uh, got Joe Burrow. I had a I, yeah, I had a little bit of Joe Burrow. Uh, they could do it for me. And then I also had I had a couple of Tua lineups, and I had a couple of Jimmy Jimmy G lineups. All right, uh, those were the, those are the better lineups. But I did not expect I didn't expect that the two highest total games on the slate to come in uh under and one of them like i mean twice i mean that chiefs cowboys game came in half as high i mean like the game ended with what 28 points total when the total was 56 and a half and uh when that happens uh not gonna work ever very well and uh yeah and then the the chart the the bengals a raiders game uh Almost all the scores come come rushing. So like, yeah, that's it's it's not gonna work out. It's not gonna work out very well. Uh and then also the San Francisco teams. I played a lot of Garoppolo plus Wilson plus pass catch, you know, plus Correct. like that type of lineup. Mm-hmm. And it does it doesn't help when Jimmy G can't throw a simple ball to Jeff Wilson open in the end zone. Uh not like that would have made that much of a difference anyway. It would have uh, it would have made you feel a little bit better though, right? Well, I, I didn't expect I didn't expect that to have uh, have uh, the cat to play Jeff Wilson and Debo Samuel, and then ended up capping <laughs> cap, cap capturing all of the 49ers rushing yards. Yeah. in that combination. So uh, I, I'm 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 gonna have to assume that you were on somewhat on the same page as as far as you you play three teams. I do. I right. Do. Yeah. So did you have Jonathan Taylor in any of those three? I did not. Okay. So automatically, life is very, very hard. Uh, here's the thing. I played really good plays yesterday, Jordan. <laughs> uh, they did not have good results. Um, 
I focus on light games as well, you know, focus on uh, that, that Chiefs Cowboys game, which of course, you know, 57 over under, you're going to be focusing on there, especially with no Amari Cooper, uh, narrower target tree. We're thinking that it's going to be plenty of CD lamb, Michael Gallup. Uh, and then I thought Dalton Schultz would be the one that would be getting a bit more targets, not Cedric Wilson, but that's not here nor there. Um, focus on that game. Focus on Las Vegas for Cincinnati. Cincinnati has been one of the highest passover expectation teams in the league, especially in the red zone over the last four weeks. So they had a, uh, an obscenely high passing touchdown ratio uh, going into the game, going up against Las Vegas, who's a very pass happy team as well. Um, and showed how bad they can actually be against other passing teams. Uh, and then I had, so yeah, I had some Seahawks stacks as well up against, uh, up against the, the Cardinals. So I was going in, you know, that started out the slate, had plenty of A.J. Dillon, had plenty of Jeff Wilson and Mark Ingram. I think I only used those three running backs. I didn't really see any reason to get away from those three when I was stacking up and being different on the way that I was stacking later games anyway. Uh, and then, you know, Jonathan Taylor scores one touchdown and I'm like, ah, well, whatever, you know, he's really expensive. doesn't matter. Scores two touchdowns. I'm like, all right, he has 20 in the first quarter, but you know, last week he had 20 to start the half and then he finished with 25. It's like, okay, we're still fine. And then I'm at the Paydirt meetup because I, I had a meetup with my with my subscribers yesterday. We went to Top Golf, we we golfed, we ate, we watched the game, stuff like that. I didn't have my phone on me for maybe an hour, and then I come back and I see my notifications, and the the top notification is Jonathan Taylor two yard rushing touchdown. I'm like, oh man, he scored three. And then I opened up my notifications and saw two more. Jonathan Taylor touchdowns. I'm like, I'm dead. You know, like, you're not, but you're not dead. I mean, he's like 3% owned. You're, so you're, he's, you're he's dead for owned. first place, but you're not like dead. It's not like closed. When people go like, I hate when people do like no Taylor, no cash. It's like, it's only 3% owned. It's like no cash, no Taylor, no first place. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I can see that, but you're not dead. But what I was saying was, and I, I told it to the people that I was with and, and I, I even said in discord as well, I'm like, okay, look, Jonathan Taylor crushing sucks. Like you're probably not going to win your GPP right now. But you couldn't really fit him with the desirable stacks. It was hard. He was really expensive. So fitting him with a chief stack, like your 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 aggregate median with Jonathan Taylor and a chief stack was probably going to be significantly less than if you had AJ Dillon and Mark Ingram or AJ Dillon and Jeff Wilson, whatever. So you would have had to hope that one of the mostly cheaper stacks goes off in order for him to actually like really decimate the slate. And like you said, he was only 3% owned. So, I, I mean, for me, when I say I'm dead, it means that like, since I play to win GPPs, like I'm dead. I, I know that I'm not winning a GPP without Taylor there. Um, but I still had hope, Jordan. I still did, had did, hope. Did you cash any of your three lineups? I absolutely did not. No, because okay. I had a Chief <laughs> stack. I had a Seahawk stack and I had a Cincinnati stack. Yeah, and it's like, dead. So it and is. Then and then I, you, what, what were your running backs for all three lineups? Jeff Wilson, Mark Ingram, and AJ Dillon. Oh, so you just play? You just played the chalk combination? Yeah. yeah, I didn't care. Well, so usually when I am building out stuff, uh, I'll look and I'll look at the models and I'll say, okay, well, 
So this this stack looks like it's going to be high owned. This stack looks like it's going to be under owned. This stack looks like it, you know I, I can look at my models. I can look at my stacks because I had it. I have it set up in a way that gives the aggregate ownership, the salary, and the projection of the stacks. Uh, and the thing was that this week, like the top seven stacks were all the highest owned stacks and all my highest projected stacks. So I'm like. I just can't get away from it. Like if I want to be different, I'm going to have to drop all the way down to a Chicago stack. And I, if, even if I had done that with Darnell Mooney who crushed, it would have had Justin Fields and Cole Komet. And like Justin Fields got injured and Cole Komet was nothing. So that this was one of those slates where I was fine eating the chalk. I didn't care about that. I had low owned pieces around the chalk. So I didn't mind that. But I was mostly just on the chalk. The chalk projected well. It looked really, really good. And I just wanted to be different elsewhere because there was nothing outside of Seattle stack. The Seattle stack was one of the things I had projected highly and was lower owned. So I definitely wanted a piece of that. But even that, you know, Russell Wilson is, is basically just Geno Smith's younger brother that's worse right now. So that didn't work out either. But I, I wasn't, I was fine eating all the chalk this week. I thought they were projected well. I thought they were in good spots. I didn't think there was any reason to get away from chalk, especially considering how high the team totals were, how high the projections were. A lot of the stacks were affordable, like Cincinnati stack. If you go Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins, that only that costs less than 20K this week. And that like that was very, very attainable. Kansas City was obscenely expensive as always, but Seattle stack was less than 18,000. Green Bay stack was 19,000. A Dallas stack was 19,000. Like you didn't have salary issues in terms of getting these stacks. So there wasn't much of a reason to fade them in my eyes. Well, I just saw the running backs like Dylan Wilson and Ingram were the chalky three running backs. But I mean, looking at my aggregate projection wise in that range, you also had Gaskin, Montgomery and Connor. I, I, I will say I really, really liked Miles Sanders this week, too. Miles Sanders? Why? Well, with how, with how run-heavy Philadelphia has been in his absence, him coming back into that game script would have been really nice. And he had really, really good opportunity. It's just he didn't get any of the rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts got all of them. So I did like him as like an, a super, super low in play. I didn't have him because I just went with Jeff Wilson. But I, if I would have had like 10 lineups, I probably would have had a couple of him for sure. What did you have Miles Sanders projected for? Uh, 13, I think. Okay, 11.3. So that's not that dramatic. Like I saw in my in my projections here, like I have A.J. Dillon at 19.9, yeah. Jeff Wilson 17.4, Ingram yeah. 17.2, sure. Gaskin 17.4, Montgomery yeah. 16.8, James Conner 17.6. Sure. So like the Gaskin, Montgomery, and Conner, I had about half his owned projected owned as Dylan Wilson and Ingram, although Dylan Wilson and Ingram projected slight, very slightly better. Sure. Like most of my lineups, like I, I didn't play like all three of those together. Like I was playing one or two of the other two running backs because for me to be able like, look, AJ Dylan's 32% owned projected. Yeah. Over here to go from him at 6,200 to James Conner at 6,100, same exact price. You dump 16 percentage points in ownership. And you're only sacrificing what two and two and a half points or something like that. So like you do that uh, and then you do something wide receiver and then you're good. Like, like I saw the, the ability to drop down to these other three running backs. That's why you didn't get much of like, I didn't get much of McCaffrey yeah. or Chubb or cook or obviously Taylor, like any of the high priced 
uh, running backs because there's like, very little reason to pay all the way up to them in in, in terms of r- roster construction. It just didn't it, it, it didn't make sense me. to it. Did, I, I any time that I was I, I looked at lineups where I was paying up at one or like two running back spots. You're giving up like eight points in projection to do so. And you're not even like the ownership doesn't really even change that much because McCaffrey was, was owned and I not Taylor wasn't, but like it, it feels like there were more higher price wide receivers to use than lower price wide receivers to use. Yeah. It's like underneath like Michael Gallup at 4,200, like no one project. I mean, maybe Bateman a little, uh, Maybe Rashard Higgins. You want to take that shot? Yeah. Uh, it just it, it. Anytime I was running lineups with higher with higher price running backs, it would just sacrifice points for 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 not no ownership. I mean, like you just weren't getting an, even an ownership discount there. So that's why I just I'm going to rotate these guys in. Most of my lineups did not have Dylan Wilson and Ingram together. Sure. A lot, I, I had a lot of David Montgomery, who obviously did not get there, but. David Montgomery was in a similar situation as any of these other guys. I mean, like 90% of the, the snaps and just obviously Baltimore had the ball most of the game. I yeah. mean, that game was awful. Which, yeah, um, and especially with Tyler Huntley in there, you can't expect them to be able to just hold the ball the entire time. Well, it's the ba- – I mean, it, I, I expected it to be a bad game. It's just yeah. a matter of, like, uh, the big plays were actually on the Bears' side with Mooney and Goodwin – yeah. On those two, like that sped up the game and it, it, it still barely, it still went way under. Yeah. But I'm saying at 5,500 for that stock, like what makes him that much different from Ingram? Like nothing. I mean, what, what does it make it any different than Jeff Wilson or even AJ Dill or any of these guys? The only reason I had David Montgomery lower was because I, I have Chicago is very pass happy in the red zone. Outside of that, you're right. I mean, the, the workload is probably the same. Right. And James Conner, I had projected up there with those guys as well. Like I had James Conner basically projected the same as Mark Ingram. Um, I had Josh Jacobs projected well, like up there near, not not near AJ Dillon, but for that price, like I had Josh Jacobs projected well. There, there were ways to pivot for sure. And I, I don't think that, I don't think there's anything wrong with going with, with James Conner or, or whoever, if you wanted to get different, I just don't think that you really needed to get that different. There are, there are other spots that you could have gotten different. So where were you, where were you getting? It seemed like, but you were playing chalkier stacks. So where are you getting different? Uh, let's go to my lineups. It's like you're playing all three chalk running backs and you're playing the Cal Kansas city Dallas game. I'm like, what, what, where are you getting different? That's a good question. Exactly. Let's see. I had okay. So in my Arizona stack, you know, or I mean in my Seattle stack, my Seattle stack is really low owned. It's Russell Wilson with Tyler Lock and Christian Kirk. None of them were over ten percent owned. Okay. Um, I, okay. I get that. Like that lineup, I get. Okay. Yeah, so like, I paired that with AJ Dillon, Jeff Wilson, and Travis Kelsey with CD Lamb. So that okay. one's that one's different. Uh, in my Cincinnati stack, Joe Burrow is only nine percent owned. Jamar Chase right. is only thirteen. T Higgins only twelve. And then I had Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Pittman at okay, five. So that, that makes it different. Okay. I could see yeah, that there. Five and four. And then I had Darren Waller at only 5% owned, which is wild, by the way. Um, my chalkiest lineup was the Cowboys lineup where I had Dak Prescott, C. Lamb, Michael Gallup. I paired it with T. Higgins and Brian Edwards. Okay. So with Travis Kelsey. And even that, like this, this lineup, Travis Kelsey is only 14% up. 
Like that's not even owned. T Higgins is only 12% owned. Like I, I think that people kind of got in their own heads and got away from those stacks for some reason. Cincinnati put up 32 points. T Higgins only had 3.5. We might have to give up on T Higgins as a community, by the way. I, I think right. that we're getting into Robbie Anderson territory here of like, yeah, sure. The air yards are there, but air yards don't put food on the table. But I, I, I was different enough that there wasn't really much of a reason for me to get away. I, I only used two of those. Lo- I, I had wide receiver or tight end. I did use. No, I, you didn't use all three. You weren't using all no, three in one line. No, just in my okay. three lineups, I had only those three. So I only used two running backs. In, in, my, uh, in my Seattle stack, I actually went two tight end because I had Travis Kelsey in the flex. Okay, so you line up. Your lineups aren't that yeah. bad. Okay, no, no, they're they're fine. Like I, I didn't. I'm I, just trying. To, I'm thinking of you're using all three of those. I know, and you're using chalky stat. Like like you're right. The Russell Wilson one isn't chalk. So the Russell Wilson one, I give you credit for. I played well, like, a lot of secondary. Two, even the other two, like you and I talk about it all the time. You don't have to fade chalk. Mm-hmm. You just have to make sure that you're different somewhere or somehow. yeah. But yesterday you had to be different everywhere. Well, <laughs> yeah, the Millie Maker winner. With the absolute guspa to go Cam Newton with Tommy Tremble as his stack. Now this this lineup is not a long term. It's hilarious I'm, though. It, it's it's, it's the it's the lowest it's the lowest total lineup ownership I've ever seen win any large field contest in any. Is it, is it lower than the one last year where everyone was like, "That's the worst lineup that I've ever"? No, no, this is, low, this, like is this is way lower. Look at, look at how much owners look. It's not, let, let's do the math. Like nine plus four, this is about four. We'll estimate uh, four. Uh, let's see. We got 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 18 plus five, 23, 24, 25, 26. It's, it's a total lineup ownership of like 28%. It's incredible. I it's mean, the it's lowest I've been, I mean, it's lower than I've ever seen when like the slant or even like NBA, obviously NBA is a little bit different. Uh, yeah, this is, that is hilarious. Good, good, good luck. I mean, uh, I no. That person should never play DFS ever again. Right. Yeah. That's ever. there. You go. That's that's a better, better, better way to put it. Incredible stuff. I mean, that is that is a. And I'm not saying this is like people should try to replicate this, but that is a masterpiece. Yeah, but a masterpiece just a it's random. It's bash bash your head against the keyboard. That's my, that dude. Jackson Pollock made a career on that. So what? So what? <laughs> Well, that, the, but the point I think the point we're making is that is has nothing to do. With, let's there's no point in analyzing this line. No, absolutely not. It's it's people throw random crap into the millie. Man, I mean, whatever. There's no, there's no, there's no discernible strategic nor mathematical reason why this line. Like, if we if you were to run a simulation on this contest with the actual lineups, the all two hundred seven thousand one hundred twenty one lineups, and you ran a simulation of the contest using some aggregate projection. So like you're not even a biased, not even, you know, that doesn't have Donovan Peoples-Jones with 8,000 points or something. You just do it just a complete aggregate. uh, And you run the exact same contest uh, 50,000, 100,000 times. This line, this lineup is a negative. It's a negative. This is a a negative line. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He had three entries. What are his other entries? Jackson 205? Yeah. This may take a second because there's a lot of interest. Yeah, yeah. 
No, but the, I I want to see this. Okay, now two, they scored very low. We could we could probably we could see the. Let's see. I could probably I could bring that up. Ownership was Jackson. Here we go. So we don't. I don't know what the other two lineups were. Exactly. Right. So AJ Brown and two of them, except for that one, obviously. Tommy Tremble, AJ Dillon, David Montgomery. Right. The other two we saw the anonymous anonymous was 129 and and 99. Like the other two didn't even cash. Michael Carter, John Bates. My God. Just three lineups. Just Cam yeah, Newton. Never play DFS ever again. That like you you have hit it. That's all that you ever need to do. If you have if you cashed in on 0.05% Tommy Tremble for a million dollars, good. Well, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't Tommy Tremble that did anything. No, no it, was not, it wasn't it no, but what I'm saying is like if, Yeah, here, here are the lineups. We could click on anonymous and see and we could see them. All right. So another Cam Newton, Cam Newton, AJ Dillon, David Montgomery, Jamar Chase, and the play, you know, Debo AJ Brown is the 99 one. With McCaffrey, Brown, Lant, like Alex Collins, Tyler Huntley. Oh, wow. Like, just no, just like, like, just, I don't. <laughs> it's just keyboard mashing. I mean, this, this, this man went into the Millie Maker. This man or woman, could be a woman, uh, goes into the Millie Maker and says, you know what? I have three lineups. Two of them are going to be Cam Newton, Tommy Tremble. I'm just doing it. But that's not the, but that, that to me, you're two, two people. You're focusing too much on the plays. No, no, dude. I'm just making, about the line I'm, 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 this is not analysis. There's, we just said there's no analysis to be done here. I am in awe of, of this. I'm just, it's insane and impressive. And just, it is, I, the, because I can't analyze it because I don't know what to say other than it's not there's just there's no point in that's the point like Angelo Strayface in uh, in uh, in chat it's like don't we want these people to keep playing let's not discourage these people too much they're, they're not watching this show and, uh, <laughs> no, this, absolutely not. This, and this is also a teaching show like the point is is if this wasn't a teaching show I wouldn't give a crap but it's like a lot of people go let me take a look at what won the million how Oh, what did they do strategically? There's not like we, we could if we plug this in and we simulated this out, this lineup is a is a long time is a long-term loser. So like that doesn't mean you can't win with a negative EB. I mean, dude, that's what casino games. If you go to the slot machine, you can win five million dollars on a pull of a slot machine, even though it's negative EB. I mean, if you the more you keep on playing, the more likely you are gonna lose. But it doesn't mean that I'm gonna a hundred-sided die, I'm gonna pay you. 10 to one, right? Heavily negative EV. And then you go three and I roll it and it's three and then you win and then you walk away. It's like, look, I can make money. I mean, like it still, still makes a negative EV. Like you should, you shouldn't continue to play that game. Right. So that, that's, that's the point that, that I'm making. Like we just, it's just like the one that was posted in chat on FanDuel. Like if you run, if you run, if you, if, if you run, there's no, if you run everything, you're going to lose more money with that lineup. Like if you played the slate out a million times, you'd come out a loser. So the point is, is to build lineups that if you play the slate out a million times, you come out a winner. 
And then you try to play those types of lineups every slate that you play. So you're building up the sample size so that you can make money playing DFS. So it's not about the play. To me, if you played Cam Newton plus Tommy Tremble, like I could go to my projections right now, right? My aggregated projections. Type, click in Cam Newton. Click in Tommy Tremble. I don't even know where the hell he would be. Tremble, the three-point projection. And just run, just run the optimal. Just run optimize. Newton, Tremble, Wilson, Gaskin, Higgins, Hill, Adams, Dylan, Brown. Like, yeah, it's not the worst, right? Then I would find if you want to create some correlation, you have a McLaurin in there, right? Yeah. So now we're going to put McLaurin in, right? To get the the Washington side, and then now we press the button. Okay, now we're down to one forty three as a projection, mm-hmm. and you have Ingram, Wilson, Chase, Adams, and Dylan, and the Browns defense with them. Yeah. Like you play this lineup. Okay. I think yeah. there's, there's a, there's a plus TV lineup. It's surrounded it's, by chalk. Like you just got different on your sack and that's right. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. And then we take a look at, uh, at, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, let's say it's like, okay, I'm going to take a shot on Jonathan Taylor, which it's perfectly fine to do so. Okay. So if you want to pay up at running back and take a shot, even though he projects, understand he's 8,300. And in my aggregate, he projects lower than A.J. Dillon, who is $2,100 cheaper. So you can be giving up projection by playing him. Okay, so I'm going to plug in Taylor. Now press, press it. Let's see what the lineup. Now I'm down to 139.97. And you see here, the ownership hasn't changed all that much. Right. Right? So now we got Newton, Wilson, Gallup, Adams, Dillon, Browns in with all of those. So now you're like, well, I'm not going to play Gallup. Right? I'm not going to let, let's take a look at his lineup. Then we're going to go, uh, I'm going to play Miles Sanders now. <laughs> just right. Yeah. Or DeAndre. So I'm going to play the, De- oh, I'm going to play DeAndre Swift with the Lions defense. Okay. So now we're going to go to DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift, click there. And then we're going to go to the Lions defense because they're, oh, they're correlated. Right. Okay. Well, we got to do that. Okay. Now we're down to 131.27. But under 100% aggregate ownership. Right. And under 100%. So now you can just jam in Wilson, Gallup, and Adams and be, and then even that lineup, I'd go, it's a bad lineup, but it's not horrible, horrible. Right. I'd be like, you know, okay, you got different. You definitely got different. <laughs> At least you played like the three best value, values on the slate with that. And then you go, no, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to play. I got to play Miles Sanders also. Uh, I got to play Miles Sanders, so I'm going to plug in Miles Sanders. Like, oh, well, I don't want, I don't want to play Jeff Wilson, right? I could see someone doing a one v one of like, well, Jeff yeah. Wilson's 5100 and Miles Sanders is 5000. I'm just, how often is one guy going to beat the other guy? Okay, fine. Okay, you do that also. So now I do that. Now I plug that in, press the press the button, right? And now I still get Gallup and Adams, right? Leaving 400 on the table. Now we're down to 66% ownership, but our projection is down to 125. Yeah. Okay. The top projection on the slate with a stack is like 151. Yeah. Okay. So now you're sacrificing 26 points in projection. Yeah. You're getting only 66 ownership, but even now at this point, you're like, why don't you just put in Gallup and Adams? Can't, I don't want to play Adams. I want to be different. Right. I want to play Justin Jefferson instead. Right sacrifice you're probably sacrificing six points by just doing this right okay now i'm gonna play jefferson now i got one slot who would be the last guy in my lineup then 
Okay, still Michael Gallup, still Michael Gallup. And I'd be down to 119.49 at 49% aggregate ownership based on our RG projections. And you go, okay, now that I have this lineup of all these, these single-digit owned players and I have one spot and I have a receiver spot to fill, why don't I just play Michael Gallup there being that he's going to, why not? Why, no, man, like, just full, full send low ownership. You got to right. go. So why, why, why not do that? So it's like, no, no, I can't do that. I have to play Elijah Moore <laughs> instead, which on a one V one basis is like, well, why should Michael Gallup be like five times more owned than a six, 10 times more? Okay. I could get that on that case. So no, I, but I can't play. I can't play that. I got to play Elijah Moore. So you plug that in. And now the total, Here's the total 114.69 at 33% ownership. Okay. Yeah. Would you, would this be considered a millimaker lineup? Absolutely. But it's not even a good, I mean, like you're literally 114.69 compared to a stacked optimal is 37 points below. Meaning, so you're sacrificing, you know, how many points 37 points is? Yeah, Devontae Adams went seven for 115 and two touchdowns. And that was 33 and a half points. So it's like, you're essentially seeding. Like I'm going to start, everyone else in the field starts with Devontae Adams in with a 10 man lineup with Devontae Adams. And you have nine players without him. Like that's how drastically far down from a projection standpoint that you are with this type of line. I, and that's why if you simulate it a million times, even at 33% total ownership, this lineup is not profitable. I might be more impressed that he used 50K salary. Yeah, all 50K. Yeah, I got that's it all. This is a masterpiece. This is incredible. This, this, this is my favorite lineup I think I've ever seen. Yeah, but, that, but the reason why I'm pointing this all out as we – plugging people in and going down like all it is is projection and ownership and like yeah i get like in the millie maker we we got to the point in which you were ha- we you had enough projection for the ownership like three swaps ago all we did was just do cam newton tommy tremble and terry mclaurin and you were basically fine right and and you were fine but i could understand maybe going a little bit like if we yeah. went we went through it we went we went through it before. If we took out and we just said, I want to play Cam Newton, but I don't want to play him naked. And I want to play Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. So let's say something like that. It's like, yeah. I, just, I, I don't That's care. Fine. It's against the number one Bills defense. I'm going to play Jonathan Taylor. I don't care about his projection. And he just did that. Newton, Tremble, McLaurin, Taylor. Yeah. Which is at that point, like, then you press, you press the button. And there you go. 139 at 127. Wilson, Gallup. Adams, Dylan. And let's say you didn't want to play the cheap Gallup. Like you said, I think he's going to be over on. Okay. So you X him out and then you run it again. Right. Now you get the Panthers defense, which maybe you don't want to play the Panthers defense with the pass catcher or whatever. So you can get rid of him, get rid of that. Seahawks. Okay. You got the Seahawks there. So you got Ingram, Wilson, Higgins, Adams, tail. I mean, like you could, you're, 109. you're 109. Yeah, right. This is at one thirty nine. Like this is, this is fine. But let's say you don't want to eat the Higgins chalk. Like you think in terms of I don't want to eat the chalk. So it's like, well, you could play the Higgins chalk. Like, but maybe you don't. Okay, so you X him out, and now you get Landry, right? And the Browns defense. I don't want to play a chalky defense. Okay, I can understand that. Okay, so you X that out, right? 
right? Now you're getting the Jets and you're getting Landry. It's like, oh, I don't think Landry has any upside. Okay, fine. Okay, so you don't play Landry, even though he projects like that, fine, right? Right, you go, now you press it again. And I get, yeah, sometimes it gives me, gives me too many players, right? So let me reload this. Right. And here we go. You got Renfro. Here's a lineup that's 137-111. Ingram, Wilson, Renfro, Adams, Washington defense. Oh, you don't play Washington defense against your own quarterback. Okay, so we got to, okay, I don't want to do that, even though you could, but I mean, so now we're going to press it again. Now we got the Jets defense. And there you go. Like, what's wrong with this? Line? Like, this is a milli line. Like, I'm looking at a milli yeah. line right here. Yeah. You're getting so, such low ownership on Newton, McLaurin, Tremble, Taylor. Like, just play Adams. Just, I mean, just play Adams. Play Wilson and Ingram, play two, or Dylan, or play two of those. I mean, like, that's what I mean by like this lineup would be in the Millie Maker. Probably if we ran it out 100,000 times or whatever, this would be a profitable one. And look at the, the total projections 137. The one right, on the lineup that's below or so. That's uh... right. It's like at this point, it's like, oh, you're at this point. It's like, oh, well, no, I need to drop, drop another. What was it? Another 22 points in projection? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, no, it was 20 points in projection. He's down to like one, 117, 115, yeah. something like that. I mean, 33% ownership. Right. So it's like, and, you don't and I mean, to- like the other, the other part of this and coming from somebody who like, doesn't use the industry aggregate, like I couldn't even look at his thing and be like, oh yeah, for sure. He had this projected higher than you know, aggregate stuff. I, I mean, it was just, it was just absolutely thrown together. Right. This is not a lineup that looks at projections at all. It just, it's it, someone bangs their head against the, against the keyboard and gets there. Yeah. That's, that's the key. That's the key point. But I wanted to go through and show you why that's the case. Yeah. Not to rag on the, Oh, why? Oh, you know, he won a million dollars. And I did like, it's not, has nothing to do yeah. with that. It's just, this is a teaching show. And with, with 207,000 lineups in the contest, like that's that. Why do you think the millionaire maker is the is a plus EV contest for most people? Realizing that EV is is ridiculously hard, but there's so many of those types of lot. I mean, look. I mean, look at the look. Here's here's one of his other lineups: Huntley, McCaffrey, Carter, Hill, Brown, Landry, Bates, Collins, Seahawks. And this actually this this projected better, <laughs> right? Like this lineup, at least it's like okay. Like we even had to X out Jarvis Landry. Right, which, which I didn't mind. I played Jarvis Landry. I didn't mind Jarvis Landry, but I could see how someone say, saying you don't want to play. Okay. But this lineup, like we go, if we go through this lineup versus even this lineup. Yeah, this one is this one's actually good. Cam Newton, Tommy Tremble, Jamar Chase, AJ Brown, Dave Montgomery. You got some, you got four, four high ceiling. Uh, Wide receivers, you got Dylan, you got Montgomery to be different over there, and he projects well. You got AJ Brown getting 40% of the targets. You got right. Tyler Lockett, who projected very, very well for me. Like, yeah, same for me. Right. I mean, like this lineup, like, like if this lineup won, I'd be like, well, there's no correlation. There's barely any, there's no run back or correlation. Who cares? But you, you play high ceiling players and then you got there, right? This yeah. other lineup with my, I would say Michael Carter's kind of okay, but he didn't project horribly. Yeah. 
right? And I look at this lineup and go, okay, went cheap at quarterback and took the Huntley route and went, okay, did, I get did it. Did he do go to that second lineup? Oh no, he didn't. It, it looked like he was he was doing running back and defense correlations with every single lineup. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, but those two lineups, it's like okay, I I the projection and ownership make would make sense, and then you look at the last lineup and you go, <laughs> how the hell did you get here? <laughs> This doesn't it's even the, look like the other two lineups outside it's, of Jimmy it's not a, I want to make it clear. Who can't coral? Oh, uh, it's not correlated. That, that's not what makes a good lineup. The number one thing is projection. The number one thing by far, every, correlation and leverage are byproducts of how do I not play high projected lineups because other people are playing high projected lineups. Correlation is a way to make a boost of three, five percent on your lineup. Because one event happens and the other event happens. But you're not going to sacrifice 70 points of projection for the sake of correlation. So if you have a lineup that projects well, that has low enough ownership, who says you need cor- You don't need correlation. So the fact of like, oh, well, uh, in these other lineups, you didn't have a run back. Who cares? The problem I have with this lineup is not the, oh, well, at least he had a run back. Oh, great. At least he had a run back in a lineup that, was 40 points lower projected than than any other line. Like, no, the, it's projected poorly, right? It's just like the, the lineup in it in and of itself. I don't, I, I would never get this low, even in the Millie Maker. That's what I said. Like, like in some of these lineups that we're building over here, like if I include back all, include all, or it's all, like for the Millie Maker, like this, the top optimal, like with just, just if I just ran it, is 152 based on my aggregate, 152, 154.72. If you were to say you were going to play a lineup that's 130 in the millimaker, I'd say, okay, I, yeah. I, I could see I could see that, 130. Especially because you're probably dropping your ownership way down into like the 110, 115 range. Right, right. And your stacking and correlation kind of takes away a little bit of projection. Yep. But if you told me you're playing a lineup and it's 110, 115, I'd be like, what, these are, like, no, like, I, what even at thirty three percent order? No, I'd like it, you're sacri- you're sacrificing a tight you're sacrificing a Devonte Adams ceiling game from the get go. Like like sa- sacrificing uh, twenty four points. Yeah, that's kind of what it takes to win the mill, right? I can get that. Sacrificing forty five points is just okay. Hopefully, hopefully no one else gets there and you have the perfect combination. And there you go. That that that's what happened. That happened. There you go. That's the thing that happened. Right. I think uh, uh, you know th- this week it was we we have one or two of these weeks every year in NFL where uh, like if you made good decisions, it you was lost. just <laughs> you're just screwed. And I think that a lot of people like they struggle that these kinds of weeks are, in my opinion, the weeks that ruin DFS players, because there's going to be people that like look at this week and they will anchor to it for the rest of their lives that you shouldn't play the shot. And that you well, shouldn't. Not shouldn't play the shot that, that, Oh, you need like all 1% on players. Like, or, or like, that, like my, my point is that people will take this week and they'll use it to justify and back up any bad decision that they will ever make in the future. Right, you remember that one week where uh, we're all one, all single legit owner guys that want uh, that. That's what I'm doing, right? Yeah, 
That's they, what they're like, oh, well, it worked that time. Like, there's no reason you can't work in the future. It's like, yeah, but p- people also do it the opposite way also. Remember, like, there are plenty of people that's like, I'm just, like, the chalk hits. And actually, chalkier lineups this season have hit more often than not. They have, yeah. Right, they yeah. have. So a lot of people are like, what's the point of being contrarian? I'm just going to jam, like, five or six of the chalk players and find differentiation because that's apparently what's winning. So some people anchor to that and they go, I'm never going to play. And like they go, I'm just going to play the three top running backs in all my lineups and just like, I'm going to play chalky cash lineups. And I'm like, that's, that's a bad way to play also. Yep. Or they, or they, they hang on or what more people do is it's the, the sign at the roulette wheel right? of all the numbers. Is it, is, is this the chalk hitting week or is next week the chalk hitting week? Like, or, or, oh, I played all the chalk this week and all the contrarian. And then they say, I'm never going to play chalk again. And the next week you play a ton of contrarian plays and then the chalk hits and you go, I'm, I never get Whenever you hear the term, anyone say, I never get X, right. You're talking to a poor DFS player because there's no such thing as you never get whatever you should get it or as right as any normal frequency should get it. Yeah. Right. There's no such thing as right or wrong is that compared your lineup with their its projection and ownership. Is it worth it for the contest that you're in? Other than that, you're just playing those types of lineups like every week. Yep. Sometimes they can. I ended up with a lot of David Montgomery. OK, did it mean that I didn't get David Montgomery? No, I just uh, he projected with his ownership and he fit into more lineups than A.J. Dillon. Right at more ownership. And I, I got different elsewhere in those lineups and di- didn't mean I didn't play AJ Dillon. He was in other lineups, right? I mean, how come I didn't get Christian McCaffrey in lineup? Because I didn't get him. Cause I never get Christian McCaffrey. No, I don't think in terms of those things, right? I play, I played San Francisco lineups, but I didn't have Ayuk in them. I didn't have a Garoppolo Ayuk Samuel lineup. Cause I wasn't going to play two wide receivers from the, from the, 49ers in the same lineup when I already have Jeff Wilson and George Kittle to fill a running back in a tight end spot. So if I do those things long-term, I make money. I'm profitable in NFL DFS. I mean, but that also means in GPP, especially out of an 18 week season, you're going to lose 16, you're going to lose 15, 16 of the weeks. You could lose all of them. You could lose all of them. But I mean, on average per season, I'm going to lose 85 plus percent of the time in GPP, right? 90% of the time. So in an 18, 18 week slate, even if you count Thanksgiving and a playoff slate, let's say 20 and you lose 90% of the time. That's means that you lose 18, 18 slates and win two, right? That's, and you hope that the two that you win, you win a lot. And you hope that the 18 that you lose, you're only losing a small amount. Yep. And that's also why you need to be playing showdown. And that's a joke. You, you, that's, you don't actually need to be playing showdown. But yeah, you, you need to make sure that you're making decisions long-term. I think the, the problem that a lot of people have is that they look at slates as individual pieces and like they focus on the results of individual slates rather than focusing on each slate being part of the larger season. So people will see something that happens uh, you know, this week, all 1% owned players wins the million maker. And they're like, oh, well, you know, maybe I should try that. And it's like, no, you probably shouldn't try that. You should probably just stick to the thing that you think is going to be best. You're going to stick to high projections. You're going to stick to pivoting in a couple different spots. And you're going to go with that throughout the, the season. And then you can reassess at the end of the season. Like people who reassess in the middle of the season based on like an outcome of one slate, especially in the NFL, 
it's just super dangerous. Um, we, we only have 18 to 20 actual slates to end up trying to win. It's not like baseball where we have, you know, what, five months of just games and games and games and games and games. You can make adjustments and you can make some, some pretty drastic changes halfway through the season if you think that you're going down the wrong path. In NFL, you really got to figure out what your process is and, and don't overreact to news or don't overreact to outcomes that happen in the middle of the season, especially when slates have such extreme outcomes. So it's one thing if like this week, if maybe the chiefs game went off and then the, no, let's say the the Bengals game went off and the chiefs game sucked, but like some of the chalk went well. And then you're like, Oh, well, I wasn't on that. So I need to be playing less of the chalk. You can take that one way or another. But in a slate like this, where everything is hilariously out of whack, if you're trying to take anything from this last slate in terms of like roster construction and process, just move on. Just move to next week. People want to know, James, before we get out of here, the projection of the week. Projection of the week. That's the thing that there's a couple of people are like, why are we even bothering with that? Right. All All you're doing is arguing over whatever. But it's become such a meme that I need to. We have grab. fun with it. Who doesn't want to have fun? I, I, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I, I think it's fun too. Uh, projection of the week this week. Um, can I one. can I guess? Is there a, is there a guessing? Okay, yeah, would sure. I, yeah. Do you think I would be able to guess it, or is it really uh, weird? Yeah, I think you'd be able to guess it. I don't. Is think- it a situ- is it a situation where someone it, where the team situation has changed this week? No. Oh, so. I'm I'm talking team situation, meaning that like someone said that's why I said like Rashard Higgins. Well, yeah, okay. So Sammy Watkins, I I had him projected high, but then I like went in and told the Discord and like told everybody, like, hey, this is high. I can't get it to drop with Huntley coming in because they don't talk to each other. So like right. it was it was high originally, and then I told everybody, don't actually do that. Right, so, because you probably what in your in your in your model. Probably when Huntley, you put Huntley in, it's 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 basically playing using Huntley with Lamar Jackson's efficiency. So not not exactly, but kind of. It's it's kind of like that. So the thing that would affect Watkins and Huntley and those guys the most would be a serious drop in Vegas projection, but it didn't drop that much. So I, I'm gonna omit that one. We're gonna redact that one. The other one, I did play this person and I it was a high upside situation. So I'll give you five guesses. It's wide receiver. Five guesses? But it's it's not from a team that has any that has changed like injury-wise or nope. nothing. Nope. Not this week. Not this week? Yeah. Uh is uh, what position? Wide receiver. Okay. We always do yeah. wide receiver. Right. Typically it's wide receiver. Okay. I'm gonna take a look. Uh is it is it is it one of the Carolina receivers? No. Okay. That's guess number one. <laughs> is is it uh, is it Tyler Lockett? It is Tyler Lockett. Yeah, but I had Tyler Lockett. For, what? Okay, I had Tyler Lockett median projection aggregate sixteen point two two. I had him at twenty. So that isn't that dramatically. I think twenty. I think twenty is. I thought okay, aggressive. Okay, okay. All right. I, I thought it's aggressive, but I, I don't find that to be that 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 hilarious. I thought that that one was crazy. Like I looked at that one and usually I can like kind of just pull out the crazy one. And I thought that one was wild. 
Uh, we can do another one, I guess, since that's anticlimactic as hell to like have that. Um, let's do a cheap one. This guy's under 4K. Under 4K. Under 4K. Wide receiver? Wide receiver, yeah. Was it, was it Marcus Johnson? No. Was it, well, I got Marcus Johnson, Rashad Higgins, under, under 5K, under 4K. Under 4K. Under, so not at 4K, but under. 4K. No, not at, under 4K. Oh, I know who it is, I know. Quez Watkins. <laughs> no. No. Actually, no, 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 this, this one isn't even that crazy either. It's Mar- Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Valdez-Scantling, MBS? I have him at 11, and that's not even that crazy. What, MBS you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at 8.2, okay. I mean, 11, I mean, yes, it's, uh, it's aggressive. What a boring week. Okay. But not crazy. That's why I said when you said lock it at 20, I'm like, I think that's overprojected, but I'm not. <laughs> no. Like, he proje- he projected much, much better than his owners. Like, I, I, really I like, like the I Seattle like. wide receivers. So, like, I, I, I had nothing against Lockett. Would I put him – if I put him at 20, I would have had him in, like, 80% of my life. I mean, I, he would have yeah. ended up in so many – because he would have projected as good as Debo Samuel for uh, for $1,800 less. He would have projected one one and a half points lower than Tyreek Hill for $2,200 less. Well, and that's, right? that's he, why I thought that he was the weird one, because, like, I, I had him project really, really well. And I thought, yeah, but around the industry, it was he was, but I'm just saying, like, on a normal week like this, maybe he'd only project for 14 and a half. Yeah. And now he projects for 16 and a half. And you had him at 20. Like, if this was a week where he projected at like 13 or 14 and you had him at 20, I'd be saying that you're ridiculous. But (laughs) like, you're, you're mentioned, like, in my, in my, in my aggregate right here, based on a salary adjusted plus minus to what RGV stands for, yeah, Lockett is fifth. So yeah, for me to call you crazy, I can't call you crazy because I had him fifth in line. I, I had him actually, similar my, to my Jamar top, Chase. My top five were Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Lockett. So I say that again? Devontae Adams. Yeah. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Jamar Chase. Yeah. T. Higgins. Yeah. Tyler Lockett. Okay. And Debo Samuel is probably right underneath that. No, Debo Samuel is lower because remember, I weight touchdowns really, really heavily. Okay. Yeah, but and I can't mentioned- expect him to have a rushing touchdown and 48 right. rushing yards. Yeah, but still, you're mentioning all the guys in your model that you're mentioning are right in the aggregate yeah. that I have right in front of me. Yeah, I, I was Maybe not, not in that, that exact order, but I mean, it's still yeah. still up there. Yeah, and the same thing for running. And the same thing for running backs. It's like we don't have that. There wasn't that dramatic of a difference between how you projected things and how the industry did. Yeah, and and that's why I ended up on such heavy chalk on my stacks this week too. I didn't have any stands to really take. Like when I looked through my models, when I looked through ownership, I'm like, if I want to get different in my projection set, for my projection set, I'm going to have to give up 20 points immediate. Yeah, but you're giving up knowing that you're not, that compared to the industry. Right. And that's like 50 on the industry projection set. I'm like, I just, I can't do that. I like, I'll be different on my secondary stuff. I'll be different in my roster construction, but. It, it was a week where I just knew going into it that like I was going to be on chalk and I was fine with that, that there's some weeks that are like that. Even, even as a contrarian player, like there's weeks where you just have to be like, I I'm with the industry this week. Like hopefully it doesn't suck. And then, and then, and then, and then it sucks. Uh, Jacob Calloway says 25% increase on a median is pretty substantial. It's not crazy, but it's not nothing. Well, that that's, that's how I put it though. Yeah, yeah. You, you, the standard, your baseline from when we started this this bit, 
was 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 to the point of stupidity. So it was like, hilarious. But remember, we started this bit so early in the season that my models didn't have a chance because they're so short term. Of course, when we're that early in the season, it's going to be like, oh yeah, Quez Watkins for forty eight fantasy points. Right. <laughs> but now that we're like midway through the season, my model's like, oh yeah, it's sitting there smoking like a pipe with monocles on. Like, oh yeah, I'm not crazy anymore. I'm I'm down here. I'm sitting by the fire, and I just have these projections in line with the industry now. Right. I mean, and, and at least it's, it's someone that I had projected well, just right. not as well. It's not like when it, if you told me I scroll down and you're like, you know, uh, you know, you know, who I had at a, a 18 point projection, AJ green. I'm like, like <laughs> what, 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 how did that happen? Right. You know, like, it's like, Oh, Oh, Byron Pringle 22. It's like, what, what? That's, that's obviously wrong. Zay Jones, 17. What? The Byron Pringle one, if I would have had him starting, he might have hit like that top. No, Star, what, what's the for the Chiefs? What's starting? It's that's a chill Kelsey yeah. and then a bunch of people that rotate in and out. Yeah. But yeah, then, I mean, this is what happens. Like, and, and the other point to kind of make here is like, even when we come into these like weird projections, um, the projection difference usually, even though it can sound weird, like, yeah, Tyler Lockett is five points above what the industry standard is, it's still like, when we look at the top 10 wide receivers, and this is for most weeks, like when we look at the top 10 wide receivers that I would play in my models versus the top 10 wide receivers that would play in the industry, there's usually a lot of overlap. Like there's usually like seven or eight players that overlap. And, and that's kind of like the point that I make here and that I always say that projections can be to a point subjective, but the players and the plays that you need to be making, those need to be very similar outside of just a couple like weird ones that you can sprinkle in there or throw in the Donovan people's Jones things. Like you're not going to have Donovan people's Jones projected that well across the industry, but having him as a one-off when there are nine other players out of the top 10 that are the same, it's like, okay, I'll take a stand there. Cause the rest of this, the rest of the stuff is the same. I'm surprised you didn't have any Browns. I I'm, I was fully expecting Rashard Higgins to be the play because the, the, uh, D- DPJ was out and Anthony Schwartz was out and the Browns had a 27 implied team total. And I'm going, okay, I'm going to come. I know it's going to be uh, James Richard Higgins, 17 points, 18 points. He was in two out of three of my lineups. You know, like I was expecting <laughs> him or Landry, or you just give it all the Landry 20 points type of thing. No, because the Browns, like at this point in the season, we mostly just know who the Browns are. And that game, it had a really low total. Browns were massive favorites. So, like, the rushing expectation was really, really high. Um, the A dot on Rashard Higgins is not that high compared to somebody like Donovan Peoples-Jones. So, I, I'm not going to have it. Like, the, the, the guys that usually end up being a really high projection are those guys that are super volatile. Um, and they have a really, really high A dot. So, Quez Watt. Well, hold on. But Tyler Lockett ain't that. No, he is though. He has been the last four weeks. Go look it up. He's been a massive A dot guy. I I had to drop his A dot. Yeah, but we know from on average on average for the past like four years. So but of yeah, course, but your your model if it's not if it's past four weeks, it's like I don't know what happened like past a month. No, ago. no, 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 no. But like it it wants to wait more recent samples. Uh, it, it uses the full year, but it wants to wait more recent samples. And Tyler Lockett has had like. His ADOT has been like 16 or something. It's been crazy. I, I and I, I not, but that, that's because that's it's the mean, not because it's the median. Right. 
But I talked about it like DK Metcalf is usually the guy that you expect to be that in that offense. And he just straight up hasn't been. I, I mean, DK Metcalf has had weeks where his ADOT, and granted, of course, there's Geno Smith in the sample. But like DK Metcalf has had an ADOT of like six some of these past weeks, which is crazy. Yeah, but, that's, like, uh, but like I said, because you're, you're going by mean, not by median. Like Lockett's median is lower. Right. Mean is high because only because Lockett the past four weeks has got, has, I think he has like three catches of over like 50 or 60 yards. Yeah. It's so like his mean looks good, but his, but his mean, like there's three of those. And then there's a lot of under 10 and Metcalf on the other hand has a higher median. His mean is low because across those, the entire season. Yeah. Right. Cause the Met, those three passes to Lockett normally would go to Metcalf and the, and he just hasn't gotten those passes. So like his yeah. average, like, if you look at median wise, he has more catches that are Metcalf, even the past like six weeks, yeah. has more catches over 15 yards, but doesn't have a 60 yarder because Lockett has like two or three of them. Right. Yeah. So by a, by the mean A dot, Lockett has a higher mean A dot, the past smaller sample size, but right. his median is actually very similar only because. It's yeah. really lopsided I mean, by two or three passes. DK Metcalf is sitting at like 11 or something. And and Tyler Lockett is sitting at, I think, I ended up at like 14 or something. It wasn't. Yeah, but that's high. only because of two or three specific yeah. passes this season. Like you took out, you take out those those outliers. Yeah, and it's going to be low. And then, yeah, his, mean, then sure. his median is, is down to six or seven. Right. But like, I'm not going to take out outliers. Yeah, yeah of course. Like, I, I understand that. I'm just saying okay. that, that. To say that, oh, well, Lockett is now the high A dot receiver. It's oh, like, and, the, like, and that's like, not what I'm not. implying at all either. Like, I, I think that it's going to go back to normal. Um, but, like, that that's what I'm saying is, like, these guys who end up having really high A dots and end up having, like, these really r- wide ranges, it usually, like, those are the guys that end up being the weird ones. That's why I thought Tyler Lockett was going to be the weird one, but he wasn't. And that's right. that's fine. Well, if you, if you, if you, if you want James's weird ones, <laughs> that's what you should call them. You should call that. That should be a thing. The, I'm going to rebrand next year. James is weird ones. <laughs> I need right. to start writing. No, I'm going to start writing an article. It's going to be a free article. It's going to call be called James's weird ones. Right. And it's it's just going to be the, like the weird ones. Right. Just the, just the weird ones. Yeah. That's it. That's all you have to do. I'm pay dirt DFS.com pay dirt underscore DFS. Uh, as always, you can pick up uh, the theory of daily fantasy sports. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass at theoryofdfs.com. And uh, we got showdown. We got stuff uh, stuff tonight. I'll, I'll be on NBA Grinders Live. I'll be on the NFL Pre-Log Show later today. So that's uh, coming up at like 5.10, 5.10, weird time, 5.10 Eastern, and then 7.30 Eastern for NFL showdown. So uh, hit that notification bell to know when we go live. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here and hit those thummy thumbs. While we're on your way out the door, and uh, I will, I will see you tomorrow. Uh, I don't know, just NBA, NFL stuff. I don't know. We'll talk about whatever, whatever. It always has to do with you, you guys in the YouTube chat. As always, answering your DFS strategy questions. As always, on the DFS pregame show on RotoGrinders.com.